Hello everyone, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. Bit of a weird one now and we'll be for a little while with no football to talk about. Transfer stories going on, but they're all rumours again. Uh, league postponed, or all leagues postponed until the end of April at the earliest. Whether that actually does start then, I'm dubious about that. So, uh, episodes now, we'll talk a little bit about the football. So for the next four episodes, I'm going to do a quick review of how I think Tottenham have done. Uh, might be five weeks actually, based on goalkeepers and defence, midfielders, attackers, and then management. Uh, might even do a sixth one with uh, Levy and Lewis and Enoch as well. Uh, and then that won't take that long. Uh, I don't think so. Talk about TV shows, uh, books, and other things that have kept me occupied. Hopefully to. Maybe help keep you occupied in this month, two months, three months, however many months of uncertainty and potential boredom. Um, so let's talk Tottenham, TV, coronavirus, other things. Let's go. So we'll start off with the coronavirus, I think, because that's the uh, main issue, not just in England, obviously, but the entire world at this moment in time. And I'll be honest, I thought when it first started out that it was going to be one of these Ebola things, SARS things, which would panic people for a little bit, maybe a month or two, and then would just disappear. But it seems to have gone completely nuclear. And, you know, today Boris Johnson shutting pubs, cafes, restaurants, everything. Um, money being given to people unemployed, uh, 8% of their salary, I think it was, but 8% something, so... A little too late, in my opinion, based on everything that's happened. But, you know, the, the people having a go at him and all that are just people who are probably Labour fans and Corbyn fans who just want to have a go at him. But I'm not his biggest fan. I don't like politicians at all. And, and you know, I've still got something in, niggly in the back of my head that says that something's not right with all of this. Uh, so call me a conspiracy theorist. Call me an old man, call me cynical, call me a moron, whatever. But just something, you know, there's been reports that for the first time in years, Venice, you can see the bottom of the canals, birds have been heard over places that of high pollution and, and pollution rates of airplanes obviously has gone down massively. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's been kind of planned a little bit to um, as a kind of test to see how much we can stop global warming. Very far-fetched, but then aren't all conspiracy theories. But, like, you know, unlike the conspiracy theories that you will see, I haven't got any evidence based on this other than the fact that, you know, those things are happening. But it's just something that maybe I've watched too much TV and too much, too many films. Uh, but anyway, I think we can all agree that it is a serious thing, whether it's fake, whether it's not, whether it's, you know, planned, whatever it is, serious, and people are dying. So, yeah. I honestly thought it would be one of these little things which would go away in a couple of months and never hear about it again. And you know, I mean, how long is it going to last that we're going to be in pretty much shutdown with nothing open? Um, month, two months. I've heard rumours that it can't survive this virus on twenty-seven plus degrees. So if that is true, it should only be for the spring and then the summer we can get back to normal ways because it should be hotter by then. But you know. Is that true? Uh, you know, talk about vaccines coming in, but like, 
I'm pretty sure vaccines take a long, long, long time to get through, you know, from the entire theory behind it and then testing on it and then checking there's no side effects and everything like that. So I think a vaccine in before the, or during the summer and, you know, regardless of what anyone thinks, I will think, hang on, there's something fishy here. But anyway, so I, I think it's right that everything's been shut. It's going to be bloody boring. Um, but, you know, if people are dying, then you've got to do what you've got to do to try and stop that uh, spread. Um, uh, whichever way. Um, you know, Donald Trump calling it a Chinese virus. Just imbecile. He is just an imbecile, really. Uh, got no tact at all. And, you know. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people working from home now, a lot of people not working, and it's just kind of changed lives, really. Um, the, the shopping business is just absolutely bizarre. I mean, it just, you know, the unfortunate thing is that for every one good story that you hear, like on Twitter, I've heard things that someone goes and picks up the last two past, uh, pasta bags in the shop, sees an old lady who wants one and, and they haven't got one so they give them the pasta so that they can have them. So for every one of those you, you see God knows how many morons carrying like umpteen packets of toilet roll and stuff like that and then I've got a little co-op near me and that's completely been sold out of toilet paper for a week and you know I live in a flat and then my worry now is that people because they can't get toilet roll are going to use like kitchen towels and other things and baby wipes to wipe the backside and flush them down the toilet and then that blocks everything up so it can end up flooding the flats and, and the sewers which all because selfish arseholes can't be clever enough and, and selfless enough to just buy what they need when they need which is absolutely ridiculous. And then it's just, you know, NHS staff who can't get out until later on, there's nothing for them at all, but they're the ones keeping the country alive. And isn't it funny now how, you know, people like governments and higher-up people are now showing their appreciation for people like the NHS and shop workers and delivery drivers, you know, people who have uh, not had that respect and now they're getting it. So, you know, hopefully after this is all done, they'll they'll keep that respect and it won't go back to how... It used to be, but we'll see. But like NHS staff doing fantastic, they do a fantastic job anyway. And it, I, I have no idea how most of them stay there with the conditions that they have to deal with and everything like that and having to work God knows how many hours a day. But yeah, now they're showing just how much we need them and how much we need that NHS delivery drivers, you know. Probably delivering even more now, but certainly with shopping where it's a three-week wait and, you know, they're delivering more and more shop workers, you know, shelf stackers who, who you know, are presumably having to do more, more of that than they do normally in a day because everyone's taking all the bloody toilet roll and pasta and everything else. So, yeah, so big appreciation to those guys, but, you know, majority of people have never underappreciated them at all or looked down on them for the job that they do, but then, you know, you do get some people in this life higher up, certainly government, who don't really give them the appreciation, money, or respect that they deserve. But yeah, they're the ones keeping this country, the country, and I would imagine like medical staff, not NHS staff, around the world, keeping their countries alive as well. 
Um, hopefully it will end soon. Like 30th of football for football back, which month and a bit, which I think we can all agree 3rd of April when it was announced was just why? Why even say that? It's just too early. It's never going to happen. Um, but yeah. So ho hopefully the 30th will be achievable. Uh, I have heard that the Easter weekend, which is mid-April, is supposed to be really hot. So hopefully that, that does... Uh, back up these rumours that I've heard that this disease or virus can't handle the hot temperatures. Um, so let's hope that's right. Um, but yeah, I think we can all agree it is now serious, uh, deadly serious, really serious. Uh, and I think, you know, if you have any symptoms at all, even if you have what you think is a cold, stay indoors. Uh, the, the testing isn't that great being tested, so that's not great. But I think even if you don't get te tested, any symptoms, stay indoors 14 days. And then, you know, hopefully we can stop the spread. Um, hopefully. So back to the name of the podcast, Tottenham. So I think what I'll do is I'll go through goalkeepers now and, and how I think they performed and what I think we need and like a review of the season, a season that never was potentially. Uh, with our goalkeepers. So the first few games, Villa, Man City, uh, Newcastle. I don't think Loris did that much wrong, really. I think the goal we conceded to Villa was uh, Danny Rose's fault, and, you know, it was a good finish. Man City, obviously, class apart. And, you know, not much he could do with the two goals. Newcastle, it's a good finish, um, from what I remember. Just terrible, terrible defending. Uh, the Arsenal 2 all again, like another two goals where it's all of the defence and midfield that are to blame for that, and, and we'll get into that in, in future episodes. And then obviously the 4-0 against Palace, where again, he didn't do much wrong. Uh, and then Olympiakos, 2 all again, not much wrong he did there. And then the Leicester game where we lost 2-1, uh, that was a real VAR controversy game. That was 1-0 up. Um, and then the second goal that didn't count for Moria, and then we end up capitulating. But again, it was the defence and midfield that kind of capitulated there. Um, yeah, so again, like, I mean, that's... How many games there? Six or seven? Well, I don't think he's done much wrong. It's more the defence that haven't given him a chance. Colchester in the Cup. We won't talk about that, and he didn't play in that. And then Southampton. Now, we won that game. But the goal we conceded was full-on Loris's fault. Uh, by just pissing him out with the ball. I think he tried a Cruyff turn like inside the six-yard box instead of getting rid of it. Now, I know his kicking isn't very good, but... <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, but you don't just you don't mess about like there, do you? You don't mess about, and at the time we made it one all. It was when we were struggling as well, struggling to keep clean sheets, and it's just decision making there. And we'll get on to the rest of the season in a bit. That decision making, he's he's. Certainly last season as well, I think he cost us eight goals, which cost us in eight games. And, and it's just, 
very, very poor for someone who's a World Cup winner. And you know, it's all started really his 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 mistakes after the win of the World Cup and when he got done for drink driving. So I really don't know what's happened, but he 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 has been a fantastic keeper for us. There's no two ways about it. I just think he's on his way down now. Uh, and then that was followed up by the 7-2 demolition by Bayern Munich, but he didn't really have any hope with any goals. It was just one of them games that every time they went forward, they looked like scoring. Uh, but the following game, three minutes in, I mean, I know it's Lamella's fault because he didn't uh, stop the cross as well and he didn't look like he could be bothered. Uh, but Loris essentially throwing it straight back into the middle rather than just tipping it over the bar. Uh, and unfortunately lands on his elbow or, or, or certainly his arm and then oh, I can't remember what he did exactly but I think it was a break um, and yeah it was just it was just an awful start and it just got from bad to worse in that game and that, that was the game where we literally didn't turn up for 90 minutes we could have been playing for 90 days playing like that and we wouldn't have scored uh, but then Gazaniga comes in, you think, okay, well, he, he's a good young goalkeeper, hasn't had many chances, so let's see what he can do. And, you know, what for game, I can't actually remember that, to be honest. Um, so I'm not sure if he made an error there. Um, what I will say is, I I, I'm, I mean, I know our defence was awful before Gazaniga came in, uh, but changing of the goalkeeper and an unknown goalkeeper can sometimes have a little bit of an effect where, you know, the, the defence are a bit nervous, don't know where to be, don't know if the keeper's going to come for stuff. But then, you know, they should know that about Loris now and, and, you know, they were conceding goals all over the shop. But that was more from people not tracking back and we had the Ericsson issue, the Danny Rose issue, not wanting to be there. And, you know, the best, best will in the world with those players they're going to have a negative effect. Even if they're trying to be as professional as possible, they're going to have a negative effect because they don't want to be there. Um, so, yeah, the Watford game. Then, then we thrashed Red Star. Again, nothing wrong there. Liverpool 2-1. Uh, uh, that was... Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the goals in that game either. Uh, but I can remember, I can certainly remember. Yeah, it was a Henderson goal, wasn't it? I think he was at fault there, Gazaniga. I think he let it through. But I'll, I'll reserve judgment for that because I can't quite remember. But what I do remember is the fact that Sun had a chance to make it two 0 and he didn't take it. Um, it's amazing now how many of these games I can't actually remember. Um, but yeah, and then then we have the Everton game. Which, I mean, that was uh, remembered for all the wrong, wrong reasons. Um, you know, the horror tackle. Another thrashing of Red Star. Sheffield United, which, again, a, a poor game, poor game, which turned out to be um, Pochettino's last one. Um I, I, can't, I can't remember that uh, Gazaniga really had a chance with the uh, goal. Then we had West Ham, which was again, it was just he had no chances on the goals. It was just terrible, terrible defending. Olympiacos, the same. Bournemouth didn't do too much wrong either. Like So you're thinking, like, okay, Glorious has got competition here, so that's good. And then we had the Man United game, which. <sighs> the first goal. 
it was poor from him really. I can't quite remember exactly what he did now, which like I mean this this section of the podcast is awful, isn't it? Like you know, he had a good game or I can't remember what he did. But I know it was uh, his fault. I think he got beaten at the near post, but yeah, he got beaten at the near post, which keepers shouldn't have. I, that's happened a few times, and I think potentially he's got an issue getting down quickly, and, and, and you know, his reactions getting down quickly are, are, are not as good as some goalkeepers. Uh, we had the 5 0 thrashing of Burnley, Bayern Munich. Yeah, well, <laughs> not really good. We beat Wolves, which was a massive, massive win that was not much you could do from the goal but like similar to like Joe Hart he gets beaten a lot by um um long range efforts well, I was watching what was I watching the other day it was a it was on Scott the Premier League Sky Sports Premier League it was the best goals between Man City and Liverpool and literally everyone that Joe that Liverpool scored was long range against Joe Hart in, in the area that he played and Got beaten by Bale by about 40 yards in, in the Euro. So I think he's got an issue with, like, Gazaniga, like Hart, where he's, he's the actions aren't, aren't great. Uh, the Chelsea game, 2-0. Less said about that, the better. And none of them were his fault. Um, Brighton was a bullet header from inside the box. Maybe he could have come for it, but... Hmm. Norwich 2-2, that was just another game where we just didn't turn up at all. Although, the the first goal by Vrancic was right in the middle of the goal as he hit it, which a keeper shouldn't be being beaten from there, I don't think. And he was slow to get down again. Um, so, yeah, so I think there's an issue there where he's, you know, slow to get down. And, and you know, the, this day and age, if you ever... If, 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 a team are susceptible in any way, they're going to be scouted about that and then they will get punished and that's what teams will do. So I think people have pot shots against him. I do like Gazaniga, but I'm not sure he's the answer when we sell or, or Lois retires. Um, yeah, the FA Cup against Middlesbrough, which I'm not sure if that was him or Vaughan that was playing in that one. Um, but Vaughan will come to in a bit. Uh, the Liverpool 1-0, that wasn't his fault either. That was just terrible defending again. Then we beat Middlesbrough. Watford 0-0. Uh, Watford 0-0 was possibly the worst game of football I've ever seen in my entire life. The most boring game I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, just literally nothing happened. Nothing at all. Apart from... A, it was a good penalty save from him. Uh, yeah. That's what I remember about that. It was a good penalty save from him. And, you know, it was a terrible penalty by Dini, but don't take anything away from the goalkeeper. Uh, and, yeah. And then the next game, Loris is back and he gets dropped. Um, so, overall, for Gazaniga, I don't think he did that bad. He made a few mistakes. I don't think he's anywhere near as commanding enough in his in his box and I think that leads to a bit of uncertainty with the defence about where they should be and you know, long balls what, what they should do they're so used to Loris coming out and sweeper keepering up Gazaniga doesn't do that so that's changed a little bit um, yeah but you know Loris, did, Loris came back for the Norwich game didn't do too much wrong it was a penalty that was scored against him made a few good saves 
Uh, Southampton. Yeah. Southampton away, Lois played, and, you know, the goal wasn't his fault, but he made a few flappy errors. Like, he, he doesn't like catching the ball on courses when it's easier to catch it. He likes to thump it out and not very bloody far. Um, and there was another one where he, he flapped a little bit where Ings was unlucky to score. So, again, that's just going to lead to complete uncertainty and, like, confusion. And, 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 you know, nervousness from the defence, like, oh, God, is he going to save this or, or, you know, should we go and clear this rather than let it get to him? Uh, Man City 2-0, how we didn't concede a goal in that game, although I said that I didn't think they concede, uh, look like scoring that many. Uh, the FA Cup, you know, against Southampton again, the replay, won that, but I can't remember really what happened in that again, sorry. <laughs> be much easier talking about the defence and the midfield and the attack because you know, I can talk about them as a unit rather than individuals. And then the Villa game. Now, I think this was his worst game for quite a while. And both goals, I think, were his fault. So the first one, the out-of-field own goal, you know, we'll get into next next episode about Davies letting the cross come in. But it's in his six-yard area uh, and he comes for it, out-of-field sees that. Takes his eye off the ball, thinking, OK, Lois is coming for it. The glance is back. He's, he's stood on his line, has to make a decision and puts it into his net. Now, and the second goal, corner, into the six-yard area, bullet header. Now, both of those are in his six-yard area. That's his area. He should be commanded by that. Can, you know, Peter Schmeichel would be the best goalkeeper I'll, I'll ever see in my lifetime. And he commanded that six-yard area like it, you know, no, no one I've seen. He got to the ball first and took anyone out who's in his way. Lois just doesn't seem to be as commanding there. Um, and, yeah, certainly in that game. Um, then the Leipzig game, it was all about shot-stopping, and he was superb in that game. 1-0, how, how we got to 1-0 and left at 1-0, I don't know, but it was largely down to him. So he's very, very inconsistent this season. And, and you can argue that some of the... Uh, Things after his injury, he's a little slow to get down or not not as nimble as he used to be, and he's worried about his arm maybe. Um, but yeah, the, the Chelsea game was just an absolute shambles from start to finish. Nothing he could do with the goals there. Um, then we come to Wolves, which again was just no one closing people down. Nothing he could do with the goals. Vorm then came in for the Norwich game, an absolute clanger on that one. Why have we even signed him back up against, you know, third goalkeeper? Give it give it to one of the youngsters. Uh, but then, uh, uh, to fairness to Vorm, he can maybe argue that he's not played, so he's ma lacking match fitness, but like, it was a straightforward shot at him, and he just dropped it, which is very, very poor. Uh, the Burnley game, he didn't do much wrong there, Loris back in goal. Uh, and then Leipzig was our last ever game this season, which, I mean, the less said about Lois there, the better. The first two goals, you know, you're in a tie there, you're still only 1-0 down. You get a goal, they need two. And the first one, slow to get down, a bit like Gazaniga has been. Slow to get down, gets a good hand to it, palms it into the goal. Second one, a good header. Terrible defending again, good header, but he palms that straight onto the post and into the goal. I'm a firm believer if a keeper gets a good hand to it, he should be saving it and keeping it out. It's different if it almost bends your fingers back because it's a rocket, but yeah. 
Um, and that's the beginning of the end for me. So for me, I think we need a new goalkeeper. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think we need a new goalkeeper because Loris, for whatever reason, just isn't there anymore. I don't, I don't think he's past his best. He doesn't look as commanding at all. Uh, his command of his areas hasn't been the best, I don't think. In terms of uh, the 18-yard box, when the ball goes over the top, he was a superb sweeper-keeper. At one stage, I think he was second only to uh, Neuer for that sweeper-keepering. Uh, but he's completely lost it now, and I think it, it, the time's up for him there. Gazaniga, I do like Gazaniga, but I don't think he's good enough. Uh, he's a number two if the number one doesn't get injured and come in for cups and a few games here or there, but then... I, I, I thought that, you know, he hasn't played that many games, so a bit of a long spell, given confidence that he's number one for a few months. Uh, and he started off quite well, um, and then he made a few mistakes. So, yeah, I, don't th I, I think we need a new goalkeeper. I'd like to see us go for Pope. I think he's a quality goalkeeper. He'll be England's number one soon, I think. I'm, I'm not a massive fan of Pickford. Um, but, yeah, I think we need another goalkeeper. Do a similar to what... Liverpool did. They recognised they needed a new keeper. Yeah, they spent seventy-five million. I don't think we can do that. I think we can all agree there. But certainly a new keeper. Um, That—that's what I'd be looking for in the summer, uh, uh, amongst many positions. And so we'll take a break there. Talk about Tottenham now. It was a bit of a. It's a bit of a chat, 16 minutes about like, you played well or I can't remember what happened, so I do apologise for that. Next week will be better where I talk about the defence as a whole. Um, but anyway, uh, after the break, uh, just a word of warning, uh, TV shows I've been watching, so I'll be talking about them for 10 minutes. So there are, this is your, your spoiler alert for the next 10 minutes. If you don't want to know anything about the new series of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Homeland, Better Call Soul, then maybe the next 10 minutes uh, after this, after the music stops, if, if you don't want to know anything about the new series about them, and, and for reference, I'm up to episode 5 on Better Call Soul and Homeland, uh, and I think 6 on, on Curb Your Enthusiasm, so if you don't want to know anything about those, then probably skip the next 10 minutes after the music stops. Um, but anyway, the idea for the TV section is just obviously we're going to be stuck indoors for god knows how long tv shows that i'm going to be watching and i like to watch there's also if you don't want to listen to that suggestions about the goldbergs and only fools and horses on uh, uk gold and we're back so this is the part like i said which is going to be all about what I've been doing the past the time and what I think I'm going to be doing the past the time um, while this coronavirus uh, is still here and we're basically forced to stay indoors because nothing's open. So first off, uh, music. Music's always good. Um, what I did see, and this is one of the benefits of Twitter when you follow artists and stuff and you see what they're doing, uh, an artist called, a singer called Frank Turner, a big fan of his, really catchy songs. Uh, he basically uh, did a show from his house, him and his wife's house, Jess, her name is, who's also a singer. Uh, 
So it's not just him, it's it's her doing some songs as well, and, an, and an, another guy, and I can't remember his name, which is really bad, but he was quite good as well. It's a two-hour show. If you go on his Facebook, searching Frank Turner, it's on the videos. Uh, that was done earlier this week, so you'd need to search, like, this week or, or last two weeks. Uh, that that was good. Um, as I say, catchy songs. Um and he talks quite a bit as well, so it's not just song, 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 which for me, I don't particularly like. I like um, songs, a bit of a chat, a bit of an introduction. Yeah. Um, and it's for charity as well to help his band, who, who obviously aren't going to make any money um, because their tour has been cancelled. Uh, so that was good. TV shows as well. So this is where the spoilers come in because I know that at least one person that I work with sometimes listens to this he watches the same shows that i'm going to talk about and he's not quite as far up to up as he is so first one curb your enthusiasm absolutely hilarious in my opinion larry david comedy genius For those of you who don't know him he's the guy who uh, wrote seinfeld uh, i think if you saw if you don't know who he is but you saw him you'd, you'd recognize that you do know him um so basically curb your enthusiasm i think it's series 10 now it might even be 11 um it's certainly double figures so it's 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 kind of mockumentary thing. So he basically uh, earns a fortune. He's worth a fortune because of Seinfeld. Um, but in this, he's he's essentially a very very rude Victor Meldrew. If you've ever seen one for in the grave, which that box set as well, that pass some time. That's very funny. But yeah, he's essentially a very rude Victor Meldrew. Swears a lot and very cynical. Uh, possibly more than me actually. Which is saying something. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so he's got a manager who's Jeff Garland, who you might recognise as the dad from the Goldbergs. Um, and it's basically following his life through different escapades and all that. So he, he's very tight with money, even though he's worth a fortune. Um, so he's been going for like 10, 11 seasons. But this season uh, hasn't been as good as I'd, I'd hoped, but there's been some superb episodes. Um, one early on, there was one where he went to a wedding. Um uh, he's got a friend, Leon, who is one of the funniest people on TV I think I've ever seen. Uh, just every time he's on the on on the show, he just makes me laugh. Um, and in, you know, not the last episode, but the one before, uh, basically Larry uh, befriends an inventor. Leon asks <laughs> to be put in touch with him because he's got an idea. Uh, he then gets asked what his idea is, and the answer is absolutely hysterical. So... I was in tears, uh, good tears, because it was so funny. Uh, and then this episode, uh, there's issues where uh, there's a lie told by one of uh, Larry's friends to Larry's friend's girlfriend to why she can't turn up at a restaurant because Larry doesn't want her there. Um, and the lie is told. He then tells Leon and his uh, response to the lie is very funny. Uh, and... Earlier in the season, uh, Larry was married to a lady called Cheryl, uh, and then a few seasons ago they split up, uh, but they still talk uh, because she's friends with uh, his manager's um, wife. And there's an argument that ensues in Susie, who's his manager's wife, that ensues between the two, three of them in the house, which again was very funny. But I thought this was one of the funniest ones. Uh, there are a couple of lo those two laugh out loud moments, but a few a lot of just funny moments uh, so I recommend that show uh, but if you don't like swearing it probably isn't for you because he swears a lot um, but yeah 
But if you like One Foot in the Grave, Grumpy Old Man, then you should like this. Homeland. I love Homeland. Um, yeah. Talk, talked about my conspiracy stuff early on in this episode and in Homeland. You get all the treachery and, and double crosses and everything. This is the last ever series. So normally in Homeland, it comes to a conclusion at the end of the series and then the next season happens and something else is going on separate to the previous season. Uh, but this one, the last ever one, it's, it can't just come to a conclusion, I don't think. Something big, big has got to happen. Um, but yeah. What I like about Homeland is the fact that, you know, each episode they give you a little tidbit of what's coming next, you know. So something will happen, you go, oh, that'll ha that something will happen with that. Um, so, yeah, so I don't want to give too much away because I, what I love a twist and there's lots of twists in Homeland, so I don't really want to give anything away. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do love Homeland. There's 12 episodes, I think I've watched five, so I've got another seven left, which... They're on weekly, so that takes me almost two months. To certainly past the end of April, so hopefully that can get me past this quarantine business. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm expecting big things for this in terms of a big like wow moment because it's the last ever series. And Claire Danes in that is absolutely superb. Mandy Panitikin, I think his name is, who plays Soul, also superb, and, and their chemistry is fantastic. It's like almost like a surrogate dad. Uh, and then another show, Goldberg's, which I mentioned briefly just because Jeff Garland is in Curb and this. Uh, but it's a very family-friendly show. It's about a family in the 80s, although I think in the new series they've moved to the 90s. Uh, they've got a mother who they call the smother, literally goes with them everywhere, does absolutely everything for them and, and basically interferes in their lives. And you know, but Each episode has a kind of heartwarming thing. Um it's just easy watching. Any comedy like, like that, UK or American, that's on for half an hour, is just easy watching. Um, so there's that. Uh, if you liked Breaking Bad, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, I mean, that will take some time out of your life to watch. Um, you know. And Better Call Soul is a spin-off from that. So Soul is uh, the lawyer in Breaking Bad, and it's kind of the spin-off from that on how he became... This lawyer that you see in Breaking Bad. Um, and again, similar to Homeland, it gives you little tidbits of what's coming, but uh, slightly different to Homeland is you know a lot of what's coming in this further in the future because Breaking Bad is set uh, presumably after Better Call Soul finishes. But we've had few, few recurring characters uh, and returning characters that were in, um, who are now regulars in Better Call Soul, who were regulars in Breaking Bad. And we've just had another one. Uh, one of my favourite characters, and this is a spoiler. Okay, so you turn off, and that's Hank, who I was absolutely shocked what happened to him in Breaking Bad, but he was one of my favourite characters, so he's in it now. Uh, and you got his uh, girlfriend, who's uh, Kim, very interesting character, I think. I think something's going to happen to her at some point in one of the series, whether it's this one, the next one, the next one after that, I don't know. But, like, yeah. Each each series, she seems to turn a little bit more into him. So he's a bit of a crooked lawyer, takes cuts corners, um, and she's, like, a straight-down-the-line lawyer. But every season, she seems to, like, cut more and more corners. So that's quite interesting. Uh 
Saturdays, if you've got Sky UK Gold, only Fools and Horses seems to always have a marathon, which you can never get any any enough of Fools and Horses. Um, just absolute classic. Um, yeah, and I, I've got Westworld to watch. I got that on DVD for Christmas, and I've not got round to it yet, so I might start on that. So I'd like to know anyone's thoughts if they've seen that and what they think of it, if it's good, bad, whatever. Um, hopefully no spoilers, but, you know. I've given a few spoilers in this, but I have given a, a, a you know, saying there are spoilers. Um, but yeah, um, so the TV shows I'm going to watch. Um, the good thing about uh, uh, Homeland, Kirby Enthusiasm, Better Call Soul is they're each week. So, you know, I can't watch all three of those in the space of about two weeks and then not have anything to watch, so... Yeah, that should hopefully keep me going, like, wait a week, wait a week, wait, and, and, you know, I've got three on the spin, so I can watch one one day, one the other day, one the next day, and then there's only three days until the next one comes back. Uh, so, yeah. So ho hopefully that'll keep me going, and hopefully that's a few good ideas for you guys uh, to get you through all of this. So that's TV that I've been watching. Uh, books as well, if you're not a TV fan or you, you're not interested in those shows. Uh, books. I read a book called The Woman in the Window. Absolutely superb. And as I've said, I love a twist. And books generally, because most of them are thrillers, always have a twist. Um, but the strange thing is with TV shows, films, I never see the twist coming. Whereas in books, I always end up generally seeing either one of them coming if there's multiple twists or part of it coming and not getting the other part. But the, this Woman in the Window had about five twists. I got one of them. Yeah, absolutely superb. So a bit of background uh, without any giving any spoilers away. It's about a woman called Anna. She's an agoraphobic. She, uh, she hasn't left her house in about 10 months. By left house, like not even walked outside. Uh, she has a therapist that comes around to try and help her with that and a physical therapist. Um, so she suffered some kind of trauma, but you don't find out what until later. Um, but basically she spies on her neighbours uh, just she, she can't live a life really and go out, so she kind of lives vicariously through them. She's got a Nikon camera, which she takes photos of. Sounds a bit creepy, but like it, it's done from, I think, literally just having someone to live vicariously through. New family move in called the Vussels. Uh, so you've got Alistair, the dad, Jane, the mother, and Ethan, the son. And they're a perfectly happy couple. Uh, and then she sees something quite horrific. Uh but then no one believes her, so it's then her case. Did it happen? Did it not happen? Uh, what did happen? Uh, very good. She, she's also got another uh, uh, big character, David, who's her lodger. She lives in a massive mansion and in the basement. It's got a, a guy called David who is a bit of a ladies' man, has a woman pretty much around every night. Um, lucky bloke. <laughs> um, yeah, has a woman around most nights. Um, so he's living like proper wildlife uh, wildlife where she's not doing anything but thoroughly recommend it what i would say is the first like 100 pages very very slow but stick with it fantastic but one of the best twists that i've read in a long 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 time and it completely never saw that coming uh book i'm reading at the moment uh can't remember what it's called now what is it called uh, <laughs> uh it's, it, I'll, I'll talk about it and maybe you've heard of it and it might come to me it's basically about a ah, an unwanted guest. That's it. Uh, and it's basically uh, a load of people 
go on a holiday to a hotel in New York, uh, but there's a snow blizzard. Uh, so it's all these people who have never met each other before, uh, but obviously get to know each other because they're living in the hotel for the next week or however long their holidays are. And then there's a murder there. So then what happens? I'm, I'm just under, I'm about a third of the way through. Um, basically, I haven't given anything away there. Um, that's basically what's written on the back of the book. And same with uh, the woman in the window. That's basically what's written on the back of the book. Uh, yeah. Um, I did I did read the outside of Stephen King's book, which has been just made into a TV show, and I didn't really like the TV show. I thought the book was much better. Similar to Sharp Objects. Uh, before Women in the Window, Sharp Objects had the best twist I've ever written. Uh, so recommend those two. Um, obviously, Stephen King's books, you know that it's not just going to be a simple mystery. It's uh, going to have some supernatural or scary stuff with it. So essentially that one, if you haven't seen the show or read the book, uh, there's a very, very gruesome murder of a young boy uh, and the guy that they arrest, who they've got massive evidence to suggest it was him. There's also massive evidence to suggest he was about 80 miles away. And then it's like, how can you be in two places at the same time? What happened? Sharp objects. If you didn't see the show, a uh, woman goes back to her hometown to investigate a couple of another gruesome couple of murders of two young girls this time. Uh, and it kind of opens up secrets as to why she hates that town and, and all of that, and then her family and stuff like that, as well as trying to solve out what, what happened in this murder. Um, so they're good if, if you know, if you um, don't like TV and want to read books, films. Uh, <laughs> I'm gutted the cinemas are closing because the, the amount of times I get bored and nothing to do on a weekend and I go, oh, well, I'll go to the cinema. I've got a Cineworld card, so... An unlimited card, so I pay £19 or £18 a month. Don't have to pay for tickets, just hand the card in, and then I'll go and get the films for free, essentially, because I'm paying a direct debit. Uh, but I can't do that anymore. I was really looking forward to A Quiet Place 2, uh, which John Krasinski, who wrote that, has said it's not coming out until after this coronavirus thing is finished. But if you haven't seen the first one, it, it, it's a horror, but it's not like a, a scary, scary horror. I'd say it's more of a nervy one. Similar to like Alien, I'd say. But it's essentially an alien invasion, uh, but the aliens can't see, but they have unbelievable hearing. So even if you whistle just ever so slightly, they can hear you from miles away and then they'll obviously try and kill you. Uh, so yeah, very, very good then. Emily Blunt in that as John Krasinski's wife. Uh, John Krasinski wrote, and I think he might have directed it and he certainly wrote the, the second one, and I think he might have directed it as well. Um, but yeah. But it'll be interesting what happens with the summer blockbusters, because, you know, May, you usually get a lot of blockbusters coming out, but obviously if, they, if they're still shut, I mean, it could be a wonderful time for cinema goers when, you know, they do finally open, because all of these films will, you know, be out at the same time. Um but yeah, ho hopefully um, it'll be open sooner rather than later and these films can go back on again. Um, but yeah, that's basically what I've been doing with my time stuck in home. I wouldn't say isolation, I haven't had any symptoms at all. And like I said last week, I'm convinced I had this stuff before Christmas, which was that. Never had a cough like it. Never had a cough like it. It woke me up in the middle of the night, almost choking. 
So I'm convinced I had it November, December time. Um, but yeah, so there's some ideas of what to do, or what I'm doing anyway. Hopefully they might come for ideas with you. Uh, but yeah, any ideas that you've got, feel free to share. Um, we'll leave it there. Uh, so that's about it. There's my TV watching, book reading that I've been doing and will be doing. I've got a few other books as well which I haven't read yet. I can't actually remember what they are yet. Uh, but that should keep me going, hopefully. Um, there might be a good time to try and learn some songs on the guitar, which, you know, when there's just TV there which you haven't watched before, it's just easy to go, oh, I can't be bothered to watch TV. Um, yeah, hopefully the football season is back 30th of April and then it can actually get finished because even though I joked last week Liverpool do deserve to win the title but then at the same thing if the season isn't finished because they're not mathematically certain of winning it you can't just give them it and then you've got the whole problem with the relegation and the promotion from previous leagues as well which they've earned the right to either survive relegation or, or get promoted and teams unlucky missing out on both and going down um, but you know it's just an unprecedented thing and then the contract issue as well which they're talking about like rolling contracts weekly contracts however long it goes on until the season is finished but yeah hopefully the 30th of april no euros but then that does mean uh following two summers as long as nothing goes wrong then two football tournaments uh i did think it was very risky that the olympic committee said that the olympics definitely go ahead but you know I mean, if it does and this thing is still not over, then you're going to have so many athletes cancelling and then just going, well, I'm not going. So ho hopefully you can get sorted. Uh, hopefully I've given you some ideas of, of things to do if you are bored and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and then just got to stick together. Stop being selfish and stealing, and taking all the toilet paper and food um, and just help each other through all of this tough, tough time. So... Till next week, while well, I talk about defenders, uh, hope everyone's okay, not ill, and if they are ill, they're isolating and, and staying away from other people who aren't ill, uh, and then we can get rid of this thing, get back to normal. <laughs>